0: back hopefully not sounding like we're at the bottom of a well this week um i I think i think people are kind of maybe split on how the quality was with the zoom um i felt like it was fine i think we want to do some episodes where we interview people in the future so you might hear that again but i think if it's just dan and i we will try to do it with the microphones
1: yeah Uh, and we ordered a new mixing board so hopefully that'll make us sound better too yeah fingers crossed Hopefully our content makes up for the lack of audio quality.
0: Oh, I really hope we're not having to lean on our content to make this podcast good. That's why I want the audio quality uh, quality to be good. But uh, this will be a slightly different episode. Um, we're still going to have we've run over announcements and everything, but um, uh, we want to speak to coaches this week.
1: Yeah. And usually at the beginning of each season, we'll do like a coach, um, a Zoom meeting. And I kind of got thinking about it. You know, Zoom meetings are a little tricky because, like, you kind of have to be there at a certain time, whereas with a podcast, you can kind of do it more in your own time. And usually with a Zoom meeting, you kind of can't do it while you're, like, driving or riding the train or something. And and we thought the podcast might offer a little bit more flexibility, a little more convenient. It's easy to find the link and listen to it whenever you want, whereas... With... As long
0: as people actually listen to it.
1: But, yeah, so... Um, so we will promote this a lot that it is, like, if you're going to be coaching, this is one of the requirements to be able to coach, you know, is to listen to this podcast. That's a great right podcast. If you're not coaching, you're still welcome to listen. We need to have a secret word for this one for sure, for our coaches, huh? Yeah. Have to do the secret word again? We need to start doing that again. We probably need to start doing quizzes again, too. Yeah.
0: Well, it was just nice to get my weekly text from Amy Larkin and Hayden Fonger, because they were the only two that would send me the secret word every week. So I know we had at least two listeners. That's two. Yes.
1: That's that's. Plenty.
0: Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, uh, yeah. So like, I guess really quick, just get a couple of same old announcements out of the way. Um, uh, yesterday's hike was amazing, super super cool, really great group. Yeah, the Maybird hikes are pretty good. That one trashed me.
1: I am so tired. See, you weren't. You were. You you didn't think it would be that bad, huh? No, and I I had pneumonia the week before, so I was feeling really really weak and
0: yeah, um, pneumonia.
1: Yeah. I, uh, yeah, I, I was struggling on that hike and it was a big hike.
0: Yeah. It was like eight, eight miles total eight
1: or nine, in, yeah. in the snow.
0: And most of it we were snowshoeing, which is slow going, but black mountain is so cool. I had super no... cool. No one knows about it. It's... I guess everyone does now, or at least Amy Larkin and Hayden Fonger do.
1: So it's a really cool mountain. So I'm so glad we did that. Super fun.
0: Yeah. Um, running group uh, tomorrow, as yeah. always. Uh, make sure to make it to that. Uh, Zwift. We had a really good uh, Zwift ride this Wednesday. It Tons seems of like, people came.
1: Yeah. That was like the best turnout we've ever had. And I it was think it so was much fun. Yeah. And I mean, it definitely seems like if we have bad weather, the Zwift rides are more popular, which just makes a lot of sense. You know, yeah. But.
0: but yeah, this this week, I think I think the weather is going to be not awful, but like, let's see. 42. I don't know that a lot of people are going to be out riding if it's 42. It's yeah, a little 42 cold. Is kinda... If it's 60, I don't expect. It. Yeah, but you should come. Because it's, dude, going like, I've, I just keep getting thrashed by, by Ryder and Curtis and Cole and all those guys. and. But then know. there's a
1: group that rides at the back that takes it nice and easy and has fun. So yeah, like just... no matter
0: what you want or you need to get out of your ride, there's, there's something for you, man. You know, yeah. um, so definitely make sure to come to those. As a reminder, if you want to do those. Uh, you join the Maybird uh, Zwift club, and then when you log in, like under events, you'll just find us. You have to kind of scroll. You might have to scroll a little bit, but you'll see like Maybird Cycling. You can see the event there. They always start at six oh five, you know, uh, on Wednesdays. They run for ninety minutes. And like like Dan said, if you wanna if you wanna go slow and cruise and just kind of ride, and you with don't people, have to do the whole ninety minutes. If you, I mean, you can yeah, you can drop out if you drop want. Drop out anytime. Um, yeah, yeah, definitely come to those.
1: Yeah. So. Um, Another big announcement. I'm hoping open everyone's listening because I've got all of the races that Maybird is going to be somewhat involved with on teams. supporting at. I guess. Yeah. Um, well, supporting supporting at will be at. Yeah. Yeah. Some. Um, but I want everyone just to kind of go through those and as much as they can plan out their season and plan out which races they want to be at, especially the the National Series races. Um, I've got like. I reserved a whole bunch of hotels at Temecula and we've got a van ready to take people down. I haven't had very many firm commitments of people that want to go. So if you want to go to Temecula and you want to stay with the team, please reach out and let me know. Going to
0: Temecula and staying with the team was one of my top experiences last year. It was really, really good. It's like the most beautiful weather you'll ever see in your entire life it's just green and gorgeous and the racing's good and the trails there are good. Like even if you want to just, even if you don't want to race like parents, really fun trails there. Like we did that ride with Andrew, just like out on that dirt road out by that like reservoir or whatever. That was like one of the most beautiful rides I've ever been on. Yeah. It's super, super You fun. should go.
1: And And basically what I do on these trips is I take the price of the hotels, the price of the gas and divide it by 10 people. And that's, how much you pay to go, and it's way cheaper. The more people come. Well,
0: I, actually, if, if we
1: don't fill the van, the team ends up losing out. You know. Yeah. Um, but we, we basically just divide the cost by ten people, and it's way cheaper than if you go and travel with your family and stay in a hotel with yeah. your family and eat out with your family. You know. So, um, but so so it, I think it's a, makes it more accessible for a lot of people. And it's also a lot of fun, which is kind of the main reason. So much fun. Definitely go. But yeah, and then again, you know, uh, double check. Make sure you've paid your team fees. We still have, you know, a lot of people that haven't yet. So just double check that. Venmo is easy. If you're not using Venmo already, what are you doing? If if things are hard and you need more time, that's totally cool. Just let me know. Yeah. Yeah. Keep us in
0: the loop. Yeah. So. So. I think that's it. Just about it. Not a lot of announcements going on in February. I mean, professional road racing is starting back up. Um, nothing big, like no races you will have heard of ever. Um, but like, before too long, we'll we'll start having like cycling news again, which I'm excited for. Um, oh, one last thing. In the next couple weeks, and I know I kept saying, I've, I've been saying this a lot. I've been really busy, but in the next couple of weeks, I will be doing some kind of a bike buying uh, forum or, or clinic or whatever we want to call it. That'll be live. I'll get that on the calendar soon. That's the only other thing I need to plug. Okay. So, so
1: well, should coaching, we, should we talk about coaching? And, and I do want to know, like, let me know if you think this is good to do it this way or if we should have done a zoom meeting or what your preferences are. I mean, I, I do think this is probably more convenient, but I do hope that there are a few things that I want you to take note of. So if you've got something nearby that you can take a few notes with, I would really appreciate that. So we can pause for a sec while you grab something to take notes. Yeah. Do 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 do. So um so the Maybird season Well the Maybird season's long, but at the same time it's really short too. Yeah. I mean the, because we can do stuff from like from now until December, you know, Mm -hmm. you know, we do, you know, like we do races, we do like our education kind of goes throughout the season, but our group ride season is pretty short because we really don't like to interfere with NICA and what the NICA teams are doing and so forth. Um, And so, so basically like really that time we have between like, between March and the beginning of June is pretty precious and we really need to make the most of it. And sometimes, like last year, I know
0: last year was really, really tough with the weather, and um, we could basically ride from early May to June. <laughs> you know, like
1: you know, and I think there were there are a lot, there are quite a few people that were disappointed with that, you know. And um, but again, we had some coaches that got really, really creative and were riding out in the Jordan Parkway and um, just doing whatever they could. And I, I just thought that was awesome that, um, that that people were creative and kind of made lemonade with lemons or whatever and so um but I'm really really hoping that that we just make this season just as awesome as we can make it I I really want it to be the the best season we've ever had and so um the reason we do these these training meetings every year is really just so we're all on the same page I mean you know Maybird represents several different high schools um each high school might kind of have their own way that they like to run their group rides and so forth. And we just kind of want to make sure that there's some continuity between the different Maybird groups and, and that we're
0: just all on the same page and yeah. fundamentally, because you're always going to put your own spin on it a little bit. Oh,
1: absolutely. And that's um, totally fine. And that's,
0: yeah, that's great. But like, and, and it's, and obviously I think the first consideration is always going to be like safety. Right. Um, but then beyond that, like Dan said, just kind of some, like people are kind of getting the same experience, you know, um, to, to a certain point, no matter who they're riding with. Um, and before anything else, thank you. Thank you so much. Like we were not short on coaches this year, but you know what we had just
1: about the perfect number.
0: Um, like people are so willing to volunteer their time and that's awesome. So thank you guys for that.
1: Yeah. I was actually really excited about the level of quality of people that volunteered to coach and, um, really, really experienced. Appreciate we writers. do, we do still have some, some needs and we'll talk about those. Um, we, we have a few groups that we'll, hopefully will have some parents that can kind of help out, but we'll talk about that in a bit, but thank you so much for, you know, really, if it weren't for our awesome coaches, one Maybird wouldn't be as cool as it is because Joe and I aren't cool. It's our coaches no. that are cool. Oh Yeah and understatement and two we just couldn't do it period you know there's so thank you thank you thank you for being willing to help out and make this awesome so so let me uh, first start out by kind of explaining how how the groups are organized um, so each group we have our different groups and they're all kind of based on d- abilities so you know in theory, the, the group would all have a similar ability, could kind of ride at a similar pace and and stay together and so forth. And and just so you know, how I actually do those groups is kind of the formula I, I, I use for most people is I take their um, I'll take their top three NICA results and average them and kind of use that as a basis to compare different people. I usually don't look at the state results um, just because they, they tend to be kind of outliers a lot of times. Um, and so that's kind of how I put people into groups and it seems to work pretty well for the most part. You know? Yeah, I think
0: nine times out of 10 it's right. And like occasionally there's a kid who's an anchor or a kid who's just way, way too good for the group and we can shuffle things around. Yeah. Like, Generally, I think we're, we're pretty good. I say we as if I have anything to do with it. Generally, I think Dan's pretty good at, at getting kids in the right yeah,
1: spot. And so, and so each group has what I call, I call there's some group coaches and then their assistants. And I've made it so each night there's two group coaches and then however many assistants as we can get. Um, some of the group, group coaches do more than one night and some just do one night. But each night, hopefully, there's there's two group coaches there at, at night. And the group coaches are so let me just kind of explain what their job is. And and on that spreadsheet that has all the different groups, and I send out a link to the coaches earlier, and I'll I'll put another link to that um, on the group coach on the on the coaches team snap. Um but on that on that spreadsheet there's there's people with their names highlighted. Those are the group coaches. And the group coach responsibilities are one, they're just they have one or sometimes two nights a week that they just set aside and they plan on having a ride that night. You know, and I, I select coaches that have you know, a lot of people like in their application say they couldn't really commit to certain nights because their schedule's kinda crazy. I don't ever put those type of people as group coaches because there has to
0: be like the reliable. Yeah, the
1: group coaches I Monday and know Wednesday. That like, I
0: will be doing a ride.
1: Exactly. Like every Tuesday is your night to lead a ride, and I just don't have to worry about it. You're just planning on doing that. Or right. every Tuesday and Thursday, or every Monday and Wednesday. You know, you just have nights set aside that you're just planning on taking care of it. So, um, and so once the regular season starts up, the group coach on Sunday is going to. I have a spreadsheet that I send out and everyone is supposed to decide where they want to ride when they want to ride and fill it out on that spreadsheet and and then they would send out invites to their group and they have they have access to team snap so that they can actually send out invites so the group coaches take care of that and it used to be I would actually used to I'd I'd make a spreadsheet and I would kind of assign people the place where they would ride and the time and everything And, and, but last year I actually just kind of found it was almost better just to let the coaches decide and they just use that spreadsheet so they can just kind of see where other people are
0: riding. Kind of get dibs on where you want to go first. Yeah.
1: And like, obviously, you know, like corner Canyon, you know, you can have more than one group there at a time.
0: Probably don't want to have. Four or but, time, yeah, if there's already right.
1: five people, five different groups there, you That's probably don't. way too many, right? Yeah, yeah. so you can just kind of use it to see where people are going and, um, you know, just so we spread things out a little bit, you know. We're not as strict on spreading things out now as we were during COVID, but we still do want to kind of spread things out so we don't overwhelm a trail And system.
0: not to, like, belabor the, the why behind that, but, like, I think it is really important to Dan and I, and even more, it's getting more and more important that, like, mm-hmm. Maybird is as low impact as it can be that like Maybird's not a pain to other people in the community you know because I feel like a lot of people maybe in Corner Canyon in the shoreline area a lot of these areas that are like the big hubs in the valley kind of resent the high school mountain biking because like every time they go on you know they want to go on a hike in their trail after work or whatever there's like 300 kids you know like we, we we want people to be like endeared to cycling not to be turned off by it so keep that in mind as like guiding principle with all this stuff. Like that's why we're so up on like trail etiquette and making sure we don't overwhelm trails and stuff and making sure that we have like good interactions with other trail users and stuff. Like in all of this, just remember that's like a really big deal for Dan and I. Absolutely. And also group coaches, when you're planning your ride locations, get
1: creative. Like, Oh yeah. Don't just do corner canyon and shoreline every time. Like try new places in, And also kind of pay attention to where your kids are coming from. Like, if you've got some kids from Bountiful, Mm -hmm. occasionally go do a ride in Bountiful. Mm -hmm. Like, I honestly think it helps prevent boredom and burnout to do rides in multiple locations.
0: Like, early season when Shoreline and Corner Canyon are what's dry, even then, do different stuff in Corner. Like, there's a lot of different places you can start a ride in Corner Canyon. You you can do, like, the backside of Corner Canyon. You could do... Uh, you know, you don't have to start at like the horse park every single time. Yeah. Right. Um, and the same goes for shoreline, like those big hub trails, you know? And the other thing is like, I do a lot of recon just being like, oh, I've never ridden here before. I'm going to go ride it and see if this would be good for a group ride and then schedule a ride there. Like, as long as it's like a fundamentally safe place to go, we don't care. You know, you can have rides. This is up to you. Yeah. This is at your discretion.
1: And there's some coaches that are really, really good at that. Like Brady and Bart and Amy are really, really
0: creative. Oh, Bart. (laughs) Yeah. But Bart's, Bart's creativity is not a problem. Let me tell you that. (laughs) They're
1: really creative with where, with where they will do their rides. And, um, you know, so, but again, like if you do have some kids that live in like Bountiful or Draper, maybe schedule some rides in other areas too, just to kind of help them out a time or two you know so just kind of but yeah but i think just mixing it up is really important i think i think kids that ride the same place every time are just destined to get bored before too long
0: so part of the beauty of cycling is you get to see a lot of cool
1: stuff yeah um another responsibility for group coaches is to just make sure you have adequate help for your group Mm -hmm. and by adequate um you don't want like five dads riding behind your group every time, just taking up more trail space, but you want a couple, you know?
0: Um, Yeah. Like you don't want to have situations where it's like one coach and 15 riders. Like that's a safety problem. Yeah. You know, you have to be able to like, I don't know what the perfect ratio is, but you have to be able to like be individually accounting for kids, making sure kids aren't falling behind, making sure that like, you know, there's someone to sweep. And ideally too, like I always, I, I think it's like when, when I like, I'd have Xander that would ride with my team. I wanted to make sure there's someone else who could sweep so that Xander could ride in the middle and a bunch of different kids could get to descend behind Xander and watch him ride and learn from him and stuff. So like, you know, like Dan said, if you have 5 dads and 3 riders, that's overkill, but yeah, enough. You have to have enough. Yeah, and if if
1: if you need my help in arranging that, let me know, but um but you'll just need to work with the parents of the kids in your group, especially mm-hmm. our youth coaches like our Yeah. Our youth coaches are going to need to make sure that there's you know, that there's at least a parent riding along with you in case something bad happens or something. So. so to
0: clarify, Dan, we don't want situations where there is an 18-year-old rider leading seven kids and that's it. Well, I, yeah. Like, we, there, there needs to be, like, you know, there, we, we really want there to be some kind of... Now, that said we also want the adults to give kids the chance to step up, even if they're shy, even if that's like the first time they've ever had any kind of leadership. We want them to have, you know, have them be the one that gets everybody to come over in the parking lot and run over the plan and lead the ride and make decisions and stuff. We just want an adult to be there as like a backstop, Exactly. Yeah. So give, give them room to step up. Yeah. So,
1: um, another, another duty of the group coaches is to, to make sure that like skills clinics happen. Mm hmm. And for the, for the youth coaches, we're going to have you teach the skills clinics for sure. And what we're going to do is we're going to do, one of the first things we're going to do is we're going to have a clinic for those that would be, or interested in doing their own clinics. We're going to have someone come and, and just kind of show the basic hinging and breaking and cornering techniques that we teach. And our goal with that clinic is to teach you how to teach your kids and anyone, any of the coaches that think they'd like to do their own skills clinics would come to that. Um, other than that, we do, we will have, um, we'll talk about this more in a second, but we do have some people that can go to for the old, for the coaches teaching, working with older groups. We have some people that can come to your group and help with clinics there. So we'll talk about that in a second, but as a group coach, you're, responsible to make sure at least two clinics happen, And I would say for the, um, for the youth coaches that are coaching the younger groups, I think you should do skills like almost every ride.
0: I was going to say, I personally try to make it. So there's some kind of skills component on every ride we do. Yeah. And I think ideally like getting down to like riding behind an individual kid and being like, Hey, Hey Timmy, like try this. I, I noticed you're doing this. Like let's work on this, you know, like have, that shouldn't just be like, okay, we're going to do a clinic to check the box. Okay, no, we don't have to worry about it. Like this should be – like Dan said, this is really like kind of the primary focus in a lot of ways. Yeah. You know, it's, it's like a, to learn how to be a good cyclist. Especially for the younger riders. Especially for them,
1: yeah. So um, as a group coach, if you are one of the group coaches, and some groups have up to four, some groups just have two, um, you know, in the like in the past we did, you know, if you're a group coach, you get a, you get a free kit – this year, we lost a few of our a few really big sponsors and and was a little worried about finances and um, having to kind of trim things up a little bit. So this year, what we're doing is if you're a group coach and you're doing one night a week, you were given a code for a free jersey, which really looks cool. It's an awesome jersey. It's a cool one
0: this year. I like yeah. it. I think people will like it.
1: And if you're a group coach that's doing two nights, you got a code for an entire kit. So if you're doing one night, you get a jersey. If you're doing two nights, you got a kit. Um, if if you didn't get that code or don't have a link to the store, reach out to me. I sent, um, I I did send out a group team snap message to people. Um, so hopefully you got that. Look look in your team snap for that. It should have the link to the store, and your coupon code for the jersey. And then other people, I I I sent them a message. That are doing a couple nights with a code for the kit for the full kit. So, um, yeah. So that's group coaches. If if you're a group coach and have any questions on your duties, let me know. Okay. Now, in each group, we also have some assistants, and these are people that that like just volunteered to kind of do whatever whatever's needed. But might not have
0: like the consistency of like, yes, every Monday and every Wednesday, every Tuesday, every Friday I'll be,
1: or a lot of times these are people that their schedules are a little bit more hectic and couldn't commit to a certain night. So um, as a group coach, you just need to make sure you have enough assistance to, to, you can pull off your ride safely. Um, but the job of the assistants are to, you know, one, one to sweep like every group needs someone leading the group, kind of setting the pace. And then someone, that's aware of what's happening at the back. So nobody gets lost, you know, so, so the assistants are going to help with sweeping, um, be there to help if there's mechanical issues. Um, a lot of some, like it happens, you know, as, as hard as we try to make these groups equal and balanced, you're always going to have a kid that, that falls off the back, Maybe randomly. The kid can
0: usually hang having a bad day. Yeah. You know, like no matter, it'll always happen,
1: you know? And so you like these assistants would, would help the kid that's fallen off the back having a bad day. Um, but the group coaches and the assistants just need to work together to make sure nobody gets left out in the middle of shoreline alone. Safety all, backstop. Yeah. Yeah. We just need to make sure everyone makes it back to the parking lot safely. Um, to become an assistant, all you need to do, you just need to make sure that you sign the waiver. Yes. And there's a link to that. On our registration page on our website, there's a coach's application. At the end of the application, there's a link to the waiver. You have to make sure you sign that waiver or you won't be covered under the insurance policy. So, yeah. So that's that's our group, coaches and assistants. Um, I've, I've set up... Um, you know how in our team snap we've got the big May, the main Maybird team, your individual groups, like the like the Red Boys or the
0: and everyone in theory should have Maybird and then their group. So I have Maybird and then Green Boys. Or you yeah. might have Maybird and Black Diamond Girls.
1: Yeah, I've also set up another team that's just for coaches and assistants, and that should you know. So if I send a message out to that group, it should only go to coaches and assistants, and. Um, there are certain things I might activities I might post on that. So make sure you have that, that you can see that as one of your options in the app. That you can, one of the teams you can toggle between. Um, I'll also use that as a, as a place to post some links that we're going to be talking about today. Um, so make sure that you, that you have that. So um, in order to become a legit coach for Maybird, there's a few things you need to do, and I want to make this easy so it doesn't take a whole weekend like it takes to do the NICA stuff, um, but we also need to cover some bases and make sure we're, we're diligent and so forth, but uh, the the first requirement is going to be, and and this is something you might want to start writing down. Yeah, okay? so
0: this is, get, get out your pen and Get out, get
1: out your notes right now, so. The first thing that's gonna be required we required is that you listen to this podcast. Okay. Yeah. This is our training podcast. It takes place at the Zoom meeting that we did last year and then live meetings we used to do. And in again, the past. give us
0: feedback if we prefer doing a zoom we can do it in the future. I hope I like you said, I think this is kinda of easier. I think it's a little
1: more convenient. So check
0: this box, you're already doing that. Okay. Congratulations.
1: Yeah, if you're hearing that, you're already doing it. You just need to let me know. So that's the first thing. The second thing is we're gonna do another first aid refresher class. Yes. I think with first aid, where we're people that don't do first aid every single day, all day, every day, we tend to forget a little bit about it. And it's really good to just year after year have those things fresh in your mind. And um, so we're going to do a first aid class. Look for that soon. So that should be coming soon. So for and for our coaches that are under 18, those are the only two requirements. Yes. Okay, so our coaches that are older older than eighteen, um, you're gonna want you're gonna need to do the safe sport through USA Cycling, and I'll explain how to do that. So, um, everyone to do the safe sport, you're gonna need a USAC membership, and that's free. You just go to the USA S- Cycling website. Um, I think most of the coaches already have a USAC membership. Um, figure out how to log on if you already have one. If not, it's really easy to create a membership. It's, it's not that hard to do. Um, you know, jot down in your notes your password and login stuff, you know, so you, you can find it every year. Um, everything that you're going to do, you do through the, your membership page. Okay. So when you, so you're going to get your membership set up. And if you wanted, you can, you know, if you do want to get a racing license, you would add that to your membership. You don't need a racing license. Um, that's something that's different. Uh, so you go into your membership profile page and if you go down, there's going to be a couple sections and they're pretty easy to find. Um, but one of them is going to be your safe sport certification status and i need to renew mine mine says i have it but it's expired and i need to renew it there's a little box there's a little thing i click right there to renew it renew it from your membership page i think it just makes it easier and so the um i believe that it's it doesn't cost anything i think there used to be a cost but i don't think there is i don't think there is anymore um It only takes like half hour, maybe, which is
0: considerably less than like Nike. Yeah. It's not. And it actually, I thought it was pretty, really good. Like what? So for people who haven't done it, what does it run over? Just,
1: I mean, just like appropriate, uh, you you know, just appropriate behavior when you're working with youth athletes and so forth, you know, it's, um just really
0: it's good guidelines and stuff yeah
1: i think it's it's good
0: like if you've ever done boy scouts i remember it was kind of a similar thing growing where it's like it's like you really shouldn't be giving a rider an underage rider a ride home all the time on your own alone you know like alone like you shouldn't be doing this and and this and this like and just and like we want to make sure like listening this because all the coaches on this i pretty much all the coaches have a kid on the team i think you understand that like there's a significant amount of trust that you're placing in some other adults to go and take your kid and teach him a sport, right? Whether it's soccer or this or whatever. And we just want to make sure that like everybody feels safe and comfortable. There's, you know, like, uh, just kind of avoiding any potential problems in that department. So like, this is like a, absolutely you have to do this, you know, and it's not that hard like Dan said, it's 30 minutes of your time.
1: Well, and they're really trying to get USA cycling club teams, um, more up to date on their safe sport. Right. Yeah. It's, and it's, it's not that big of a deal. So, so yeah, you get a membership, you log into your membership. There'll be a section where you can click on to renew your safe sport. You go through, you do that. And, um, and I think it should just be tied to it somehow. I don't, Mm -hmm. I don't know. I can't, I I haven't done it for a year. So it's
0: simple. You can click right through it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then as far as background check go checks go, if you are a, like, if, if last season you rode with NICA, you would have had a background check. Um, we're not requiring people that are or were currently NICA coaches last season to get, by, to get background checks. But if you were not, um, we would ask you to submit a background check. And you do it through the same membership page as, um, you know, in your membership profile. Below the safe sport link, there's a link you can click on and you can get a background check through USAC. And so if you're not like a current NICA coach last season, that's something you'll need to do. That I do think costs like 30 bucks. Um, If you need it reimbursed, we can reimburse it. Um, I I do think most of our coaches are... The majority
0: of our coaches, I think, are probably NICA background check. And this is
1: only if you're 18 and older.
0: Yes, yeah. But if you are 18, because a lot of 18, year olds are still in high school. So like you might not be used, but if you're an adult and you're coaching with us, if you're a legal adult and coaching with us, you have to have a background check. Yeah. So if you don't have one with your Nike already again, that, and it's super straightforward. This isn't like, yeah, you know, and it should it all be really party, easy through
1: your USAC membership yes. profile page. So, okay. Yeah. So, um, but then here's the big thing. And I, can you, I want everyone to report back to me when they complete those things. Um, like if you're listening to this podcast, I want you to tell me that you listened and I'll make a mark that yes. you listened. Dan's phone's um, going to be
0: inundated and that's okay. Like, yeah. please. Um,
1: yeah, please keep track of this list and let me know when you complete these things. And,
0: and do it soon. We really don't want like unbackground checked people running rides and like to be, and it's like, um, it's a part of, it's just a liability thing too. Like, um, you know, rides are coming fast. Like yeah. I, I think before long, you guys love have the opportunity to have at least like a dry parking lot for skills or something like just get this done and out of the way. Yeah. All
1: right. So that's, that should be it on that. Let's, let's move on to kind of what's next. Um, so there's something I want all of you guys to do this week. Okay. First of all, and I know a cu- couple of coaches have already started making strides in this direction, <clears throat> but I want you, the first thing I want you to do is just someone, in your group, go into your, like go into your, um, your teams, like say if you're orange boys, you would, you would get into that team snap group and create a group message with all the coaches in that group. And, and that's something you can just use to communicate with the coaches. Um, so start a group message with your fellow coaches. That's the first thing I want you to do. And, and then another thing I want you to do is I want you to send a message to your team that you've been assigned to and kind of do a roll call and, you know, maybe say something like, Hey, you know, we're excited to start a new season. I want everyone to reply to this message just to make sure your team snaps working. So everyone, please reply to this. Just some kind of touch point, you know, like, and then let me know if someone doesn't reply and I can try to reach out to them and see if their team snaps working or not. I think there's probably like a lot of people kind of struggle with getting team snap to work and other people's, it works just fine. And I think there's a lot of people that'll get like a month into the season before they realize their team snaps not working. So, so do a roll call, like a message and get people to reply. And if they don't reach out to me and I'll try to help them get their team snap to work. So, um, yeah, so that's the second thing I want you guys to do this week. Third thing is get start planning some kind of get togethers.
0: I know, I've I've already had mine.
1: Yeah, Joe had a little get together. You went you went and met at the library, right? Yeah, which is what time. I
0: always do. And I I because I kind of think like I'm going to be dealing with these people, you know, twice a week for for a few months. Like, I think it's totally worth your time to just have, if you can, like an in person face to face. I got two Little Caesars pizzas and had everybody go around and give me their shtick on where they came from, how they got into cycling, what they need from me, you know, like just the really basic stuff. Start putting names to faces, make sure they know who you are, you know. And I've, I've done this for the past four-ish years, I think, and I, I think it's, it's like a really good way to kind of get people to be like, oh, okay, so this is like a real thing I need to pay attention to and like this is how we organize and, and all that stuff. So it doesn't have to be that. I think that's maybe a little overkill. Um, but I I don't want I think it would be kind of a bummer if like your group experience was like oh hey the day before the first rides, I'm like okay we're meeting here okay I see you guys there like you know have some kind of touch points prior to that
1: oh for sure and I know like um the Black Diamond girls are having a party on Valentine's Day or something and um uh, other girls other groups are gonna like are planning like sledding events where they're gonna meet together and go sledding you can meet together and do hikes. I mean, the thing is, is like you guys can meet together and do whatever you want, really. I mean, there's a lot of autonomy in these groups. Um, and and I would say the more stuff you do off the bike before the season, the better. Yeah. So, yeah, because it, it really is important to have interactions both on and off the bike. and So... Um, Yeah. So that's something, let's, let's get those balls rolling this week. Hopefully that's something you guys wrote down and are planning on doing. That's something I'd love to hear if you've done and how that's going. Um, so, so rides like probably, you know, the, the number one question I get asked is when do rides start? And the, the answer is it depends, (laughs) but I would say, um,
0: as far as you guys go, rides start as soon as you want. Like you could, you could schedule a ride in a church parking lot tonight if you wanted to. Like you, you can, you can. I, I, can I think it. I'm not going to yet. Um, you know, just because like I think it's a little cold. It's still pretty dark right after work. You know, like I, I don't think that you can. I, we don't realistically expect people to start rides this week. Maybe not even next week. When it gets warm and you have time, even if, and I told my guys like early season, I'm, I'm going to host rides whenever, like my, my group's going to ride on Tuesdays and Thursdays in the main season. But I told my kids, I'm like, if there's a, if there's nice weather on a Monday, I might throw something on the calendar. And if you can come great and if you can't, that's fine. Like there's no, maybe there's no expectation to come early on, but you go, I mean, get your background check and stuff done. Like do that today, get that out of the way and do stuff as soon as you want, do whatever you want. Like if you want to take your kids on a hike, if you want to take them to an archery range, I don't care. Like whatever it is you want to do, like you're empowered, go and do it. Yeah. So
1: my advice would be just get out as much and as soon as you can. Yeah. Um, I don't think that the, as far as like when we're actually going to send out the spreadsheet, I mean, that might not start until like April, but, but during the month of March, let's really try to get like at least, at least try and knock out our
0: our clinics during March. Yeah. You 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 need a dry parking lot for that. That's it. Yeah, you c- like if you if you have access to some dry trails for that, beautiful. Awesome. You don't you don't need it. You can do the clinic stuff like as soon you know. as
1: if you know a grassy field like a, a school grass field that's dry enough to do a clinic on, we can do yep. it. Yeah, so um so yeah, we'll want to get those those going soon. So just earlier, the better though. I think people will be excited. And, um, so let's talk about our groups and, and, and how the group ride should look and and so forth. Um, so we have some groups that are really big. What is our, what are, what are our biggest and smallest groups this year out of curiosity? You know, I don't know exactly how many are in each group, but, but what happened, I had, um, I had the groups divided out fairly equally um but we had some kids that wanted to move into other groups and last season this happened too and we had one of our groups where like most of the kids ended up you know requesting to move out to be with friends and once you move one you have to move another and it
0: it's why we really don't like to do it
1: and and so we had one of our groups that was getting really really small so we ended up combining them so we've got a couple groups that are enormous and the enormous groups really just need to plan on having enough help that when you get to a ride, you just kind of meet together, but then you split up. And, and
0: if you have 20 kids coming to a ride, you kind of end up with two groups of 10 anyway. Yeah. You know, like it, there's really is like a practical limit to how big a group can be before it stops being a group and it starts being groups, you know? Mm-hmm.
1: And there's different ways you can do that. You can, um, you know, you can get to the, you can all meet at the same place, and you can say, okay, who here wants to hammer? Go in with this group. Who wants to, who needs to take it a little bit easier? Go with this group. You know. And so you've kind of split it up into two different groups based on who wants to hammer and who wants to go easier. Or you can do what Amy Larkin does at running group. Like when she splits up into teams, she'll go like. She'll count you off one, two, one, two, one, two, one, two, and then the ones go with so and so, and the twos go with so and so. Because when you're um, when you're out there on trails, like a group of eight doesn't sound huge, but it a group of eight looks oh, pretty man. big.
0: A group of eight's big, and the other problem is a group of eight feels feels big <laughs> for the other trail users. Like if, getting past by eight riders takes maybe a minute. You know, like it's it, or, or up to that. Like it, it can be surprisingly large you know um so like be really like care once your group starts getting like five's great eight's still fine you can do it but like 10 12 like that's where it starts getting like that's where it's a lot yeah so
1: just you know if we have big groups we'll just plan you know you'll meet together but then split up in different groups just to keep the groups kind of a a courteous size for other trail users um as far as groups go like Each group needs someone that leads the group and sets the pace. And I would say nine times out of 10, that's the group
0: leader. Yep. That sets a reasonable pace for the group. You kind of know who the group is. You're not trying to drop the group. You're, you know, you're setting the right pace.
1: And then at the back of the group needs to be someone that's designated as a sweep. And that means that whoever that is, like nobody falls behind that person. Yeah. You know, I, I, it's so annoying when you go, you get some parent to be the sweep, and you get to a meeting point, and they're like, "Oh yeah, so and so's back there." I'm like, "Well, why, why aren't, aren't you?" Yeah, you know,
0: that's your job. <laughs> yeah. So someone setting a reasonable pace, take turns sweeping. Sweeping's usually less fun than leading. You know, like like it. If, if you're the main, you like the main coach can be the sweep too, and you can have as long as you trust the you know person if they know what they're doing, let them lead a little bit. You know, like like switch it around. That's fine. Um, I have some, like, I've got a couple riders in my group who have been with me for like three, four years and they're over 18 and I'm like, yeah, I'm going to empower you. You're going to be sweeping sometimes. And sometimes Mm -hmm. I'll sweep and I'll let you lead, you know, but there has to be a backstop. Yeah. You know, you don't want poor little Timmy out on his, you know, third Maybird ride and he gets dropped in the middle of a trail system he's never been in and he's scared because that's not good for anyone. Yeah. So
1: our more novice type groups, I've intentionally tried to put more help in those groups, because those are the groups that spread out quite a bit, you know. Usually, like, um, you know, like the Orange Boys or something, are all pretty well equally paid. I think I think that, when
0: you get faster, it kind of stays tight. You know? Yeah,
1: because um, we do want the groups to stay pretty tight. You know, we don't want like a trickle of people.
0: For oh, that sucks. I hate that. Yeah, I hate that as a trail user. When other when I run into groups like that, that sucks. We want to avoid that at all costs. Yeah, because I've I've shown up to like. I've
1: shown up to ride like I showed up to ride Armstrong once and like there was a high school team there that basically just turned everyone loose up Armstrong and I hate that I was just passing people constantly yeah all the way it looks like I was
0: passing people at the bottom like all the way to the top because passing people in one chunk is is not that bad like constantly having to pass people for half an hour sucks
1: yeah so we like to keep our groups pretty tight and pretty small and, um, yeah. Um, one thing, you know, so I did, I I was kind of mentioning that like kind of the more novice groups tend to spread out a little bit more. And I, a lot of, like a lot of times what happens, you will have like one kid that just falls off the back. You know, you'll really need someone available that can ride with those people that are having the bad day falling off the back. Um, Sometimes these kids are in the lowest group we can put them in. It's just something we'll just have to find enough help to be able to deal with that. Um, But the thing I want to say there is just be patient because like a lot of times like a kid will have had really pretty good NICA results. So they got put in this group, but they didn't do anything all winter long. And, you know, in a month they'll be in pretty good shape you know, but for right now they're just kind of blowing out the cobwebs and they're a little bit rusty, you know? So, um, so yeah, so just kind of be patient. Like a lot of these kids are pretty good athletes. They just didn't do anything all winter and other kids did. And it'll take them a little longer to get caught up to where the rest of the group
0: is. And I I have to say too, that like being a coach is a sacrifice, you know, like I, I don't, I hope people didn't kind of come into this with the mentality of like, Oh, this will be good. And I, I doubt it. But like, you know, having a mentality of like, oh, this would be good for me. I have kids to push me or whatever. Like we're asking you to give up rides you could be doing on your own or workouts you could be doing on your own. And like, there are going to be some times where you it's your turn to be the sweep and and poor little Timmy's just hating it that day. And he's having a hard time. And like, and, and like, I, I think people are usually pretty good at this, but just like Dan said, like, we are asking something from you here, you know, and we appreciate it more than we can say, but there is an ask. And it's, it's that you are giving up a ride. You could have been doing on your own to do this. And if you don't want to do it, that's fine. That's great. And if the fact that you are doing it is awesome and we appreciate it, but like, you're going to have a kid <laughs> who punctures every other ride and can't keep up and, or has problems or kids who like are mouthy or don't listen to you, like put those kids in their place and be like, okay, next time you have to bring your own tube. I can't keep bringing you tubes. You know, Hey, you guys need to shut up when I'm talking and let me finish my little spiel about our ride today. Right. But like, there is some patience that is involved in being a good coach mm-hmm. and thank you for having it, but it's gotta be there. Yeah. Your number one priority can't be you're there to get your work out. No. And if, if you need that, like, I think for a lot of people, like we, we, we struggle to get youth coaches sometimes because they are so throttled between work and school that they barely have time to ride on their own. And like, that's fine. Like th- this is, this is a sacrifice. So, so thank you for that. But you know, bear that in mind. Yeah. So, and again, we've
1: mentioned this before and we can't mention enough is as group coaches and assistants, one of your biggest priorities is to emulate our team culture, Yes, which is cool, friendly, pleasant people out riding their bikes. Like we really do want to be just the kindest best trail manners. Um, we don't want our fun to ruin anyone else's fun. No. So running into a Maybird group should be a pleasant experience. Um, we should be polite. we should have the best, most courteous trail manners. And that's probably one of the most important things you can be teaching is you're constantly teaching, you know, yielding right of way, um, getting way off the trail and letting people buy. Whatever you writing do. Writing in control, yeah. not not bombing down
0: places where, that are crowded and, you know, just... Like, whatever you do creates a permission structure for your kids to do the same thing. So if, if you pass someone like a douchebag, then your kids are like, oh, my coach does that, so it's fine. You know, like, it has to start with you. You have to be overkill good. Not just good, but, like, overkill good. You know? And the other thing is just judgment. Like, and maybe we can cut this if you disagree, Dan. I don't think you should schedule a ride at Summit Park with your group. I don't think that's a trail system that handles it well. I wouldn't do it. I don't think you should descend Dry Creek if you can avoid it. You know, like like you have to have judgment and be like, hey, you know, or or like, it's it's six p.m. on a Friday. Dry Creek's gonna have like fifty people climbing it right now. Taking a group of fifteen guys down it would suck for everyone involved. You know, like again, like a trail like like Summit Park or a similar trail. You know, like. I I don't think that can handle a big, large group. Or if you end up in a situation like that, be overkill nice, you know, like don't give anyone it. Like a lot of people, the baseline is going to be that they're mad. Their baseline is going to be mad because you're there, you know? And like, you can't avoid that all the time. We're going to antagonize people by being in some of these trails, but like you have to go so overboard to make sure that Maybird is a good thing for people, that it doesn't bug them. Absolutely.
1: And, and usually a lot of the feedback I get is always positive, but, um, let's keep it that way. That really kind of transitions me into another point too, is just like, um, appropriate risks.
0: Yes. And I think especially for our youth coaches listening to this, this is listen up.
1: Yeah. Um, you really need to know who you're riding with and what they're capable of and Things that are easy for you can be very difficult for other people to do. I, I think a lot of people don't realize how good they are. yeah and how easy like they can easily ride things that are terrifying yeah for other people. So really know your group and know what they're capable of because like yeah, everyone sign a waiver, but our waiver isn't robust enough to cover people for just gross negligence. Yeah. You know, that's if, actually a really good point. Yeah. So, you're not,
0: we're not legally invincible here. We are relying on you guys to not ruin this for everyone else.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, if, if you're riding with, with the blue boys and taking him down insurgent, that's, that's a problem. That's a problem. Yeah. And there's just a lot of, but there are really a lot of trails that you're probably fairly easy for you that might be challenging for some of the people in your group. So Just be super aware of the people in your group and, and just know that improvement comes incrementally. Yeah. Like throwing people at the deep throwing me
0: down Red Bull rampage would not make me a better bike rider.
1: No. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like these, these improvements and we're going to, this is actually going to be an upcoming podcast. We're talking about improvements, but they are, they need to be incremental and they need to be appropriate and just, um, just use good judgment and don't, jeopardize your and I, yourself I, from a legal standpoint. And,
0: and a, a thing I want to throw out is like your kids, it's not their job to make good risk calls at the end of the day. And like, there's a huge amount of peer pressure on these rides. So if you're doing something, you can't rely on your kids to be like, okay, this is too big for me. I'm not going to do it. Because a teenage boy, when he sees a bunch of other teenage boys riding the thing, he's going to ride the thing too. And he might be putting himself in danger. Like it's your job to make sure that you're, you know, like, like the environment is there where they're going to basically do anything you ask them to. And that's bad. And like, I think you should set an expectation with your riders too that we do want to push people. We do want you to improve. And and like, I'm not saying you can't put riders in situations like, okay, this is a, I've I haven't done this before. This is new. We're gonna, but like, you have to use good discretion and not put kids in environments where they're going to feel pressured to do something that they're highly likely to get hurt on. Um, and like, highly likely to get hurt on for me is like one time in ten. You're crashing. That's that's way too much risk. Mm-hmm. I like w- when I ride. I'm I'm dealing with like you're crashing one time in a thousand doing this. One time in tens too much. So um yeah, you have and you know especially for and like this is gonna be an adjustment for you youth coaches, you're going from one side of the stage here to the other. You have you can't just like be in on the fun. Like there you you know, if you're if you're coaching a team, part of that is is that we're trusting you to be the grown-up and say, okay, we're not gonna do that. Or like and, and to create an environment where you tell kids like it's okay to walk this if you don't feel comfortable. And then, like, like I, I come down on kids who make fun of kids for walking stuff. I've had that happen two or three times, and I'm like, dude, we can't have that be the environment here. Like, if he wants to walk it, that's fine. Because at the end of the day, I want him getting back to the car in one piece.
1: It's like Lee McCormick always says you should never do anything that you feel uncomfortable with. Yeah. But you gradually improve your skills so mm-hmm. that you're always doing things that you feel comfortable with. But, yeah. Um, and along this, you know, one one of the biggest things I think in risk mitigation is that we do prioritize proper skills training. Yes. And that's kind of where I was, I was going to next is with clinics, like, um, clinics, I think it's going to make everyone a better rider and it's going to remind us all of good basic techniques that, that I get sloppy. I, I, I've been to more clinics than anyone I know. And I get sloppy on my technique Oh yeah, all the time. You know, I don't think that, I don't think Practicing the basics can be overdone. Um, But clinics is also a good way to kind of mitigate some risks because like if, you know, if something happens, at least we know we've taught good principles. And, you know, if that kid was too busy to come that night.
0: Or, you know, and if your kids are taking gross risks and being idiots, like that's not always in your control. You're going to have a boy who hucks himself off something too big and crashes. Like that's going to happen. But you you can't be the root of that behavior mm-hmm. and you need to make every effort you can to prevent that.
1: Yeah. So, so with clinics and we mentioned clinics earlier, I'm just going to go over it again. Um, we're going to, again, we're going to, as soon as we can, hopefully then if we have a warm day came up soon, we're going to, we're going to have a clinic that teaches our coaches how to teach clinics. And that's the purpose of that clinic. And in that clinic, we're going to talk about like hinging and cornering and braking. We're also going to just talk a little bit about some bike fit issues to look for. Um, and then, especially the youth coaches, will be able to teach skills to the co- to the groups they're working with. Um, we're, we also, and, and for the um, for the older groups, if if the coaches want to do the skills training that they can, we, we do have, um, we're going to be, We've got a couple coaches lined up that can specifically help teach clinics, teach the groups, but we really want to make sure this is a huge priority. Um, and I think, as a minimum, each group should plan on doing two clinics at least. Yes. And I think the junior groups should do more than that. So, um, yeah. Another thing throughout there real quick is I really like to try to get the groups to do like an early spring. We call them training camps, but they're really not. It's really just like a big kind of Epic meetup ride. And this is only for the older high school age groups. Um, you know, I wouldn't really encourage like the blue groups and the silver groups to, to do these. Cause we don't really, I wouldn't want them to do these before they've had some skills training. Um, but try and plan as early as you can in the season, some type of a big epic early season ride. And and we'll just kind of call it the training camp. A lot of people like to do these in St. George and these are just meetup rides. They're not like required that people come and you don't really have to get,
0: especially if it's in St. George, if it's like a travel thing, yeah, you
1: don't have to get like group accommodations for your team or feed them or anything, you know? Um, if you do buy treats and refreshments, let me know and we can reimburse you. But um, but yeah, you can do meetup rides in St. George. Other groups have actually done them out in like Eagle Mountain or Antelope Island or something too. But um, just try and make opportunities for that. It's super fun. And, um, and then another thing that I, I'm... I've been thinking a lot about lately and we're kind of nearing the end here. So just bear with us. Um, One thing I I might, I want to do differently this year, and this is just kind of a thought I had. I was, I was listening to, I was actually listening to fast talk and they had some, some youth coaches on, They, they did track, you know, and one of the coaches said something that really, really stuck with me. And I've been thinking about a lot, but, Um, She said, you can't become what you can't see. And I thought that was a really, really interesting concept. And I got thinking about like, um, you know, one thing that's cool about this, how how big Maybird is, is we can split up into these individual groups that are really, really perfectly matched and so forth. But I think one thing that that kind of lacks is like, I think of like the NICA teams that are smaller that kind of all meet together and have like, you've got like your beginners there with some superstar varsity writer there. And like these beginner writers get to see that superstar varsity writer there and get to kind of look up to that and, and be inspired by that and want to become that. And I'm like, you know what? That's super cool. And I think that's something that a lot of the bigger teams that really have to split up, like, That's something they're kind of missing out on. So one thing that I feel really strongly about this season is I want to do a little bit of interspersing, just occasionally. You know, like this isn't a commitment that would be, it might be a a bi-weekly commitment for some of our riders. I actually want to intersperse some of our Black Diamond Girls and our Pink Boys into some of these other groups, not even as coaches, just as someone that's just there riding along. Just so some of these more novice riders can can be around some of the more advanced and you know, riders just to kind of experience being with them and just
0: to see how they ride their bike too. Yeah. Like I've had the I've had a lot of really fortunate opportunities to ride with some like world class bike riders before. And just to like just riding with them is is good for like that's why I mentioned earlier that like I love when Xander was able to like ride in the middle of my group when I had the luxury of having I could lead and have a coach in the back and people could see just like the fine ways that like a really good cyclist operates a bike and moves their body and moves on the trail, you know, or like, like with Andrew, you know, I don't want to blow up his ego any more than I need to, but like, I've heard a lot of people say like, holy smokes, I got to ride with Andrew and that was really good for me because I could see that like, wow, this is how a really fantastic bike rider operates a bicycle. So like that's, I mean, it's, it's one of those things where it's hard to like explain why it's valuable. But you're right, like, you're like those kids... And I almost, like, role model isn't quite it, but that's kind of, you know, like, like you could... Like, this is what you can be. This is what you're working towards. You know, it's just a really capable bicycle rider.
1: Yeah, and I just kind of want to occasionally intersperse some of these riders, like I say, not really as coaches, not, like, anyone that's going to be there, like, teaching, mm-hmm. just to kind of be there, just so some of these more novice riders can associate with some of these more advanced riders and just... um. Yeah, you can't become what you can't see. And that, that's something that really, um, really resonated with me. Um, you know, kind of the last thing I want to talk about is, is really, is, is a Maybird group coach and, and as our assistants, I really want you to be more than just a ride leader. Um, I, I think that it should be a goal of yours to, teach these kids something every single time you ride with them. Because just showing up and going on a ride might, I mean, that may or may not, I mean, I guess the more miles you ride, the more time you spend riding, you're naturally going to get better. But I don't know that that's really the most valuable use of our time. I think that this, I think that you're in a position where you should be able to take this opportunity that every time you interact with your group, that they can learn something and that they can, you can teach them something that'll help them become a better athlete. So just make that a goal that every time you meet with your group, that they're going to learn something from you.
0: Not even just about like, like about being a good person. Even it doesn't have to be that you teach them how to corner perfectly that night. Like stick up for the, like when you hear your, your, if you hear your guys, like, trash talking the kid who's getting dropped, like stick up for him and tell him to knock it off. You know, be an example of somebody who's like a good upstanding person, you know, because that's the other thing is all the coaches on this group, like I I know pretty much all of them and you're great people. And if the kids on our team end up being like you as adults, the world will be a better place, you know? So like show them what it means to like have good uh, judgment, you know, to be like, we're not doing that today. Or like, hey, you know what? We're going to push you and we're going to try this today. And like be nice and kind and charitable and have good judgment. You know, or if, or if, you know what, give them tips about like, you know, like a lot of these kids, maybe they're graduating high school soon. Tell them about your profession. Tell them like, oh, Hey, this is how I got into a really good school. Like, I mean, all of you have really good knowledge to impart too. Like, like you're empowered, do whatever you can to help these kids on or off the bike. You know, I write so many letters of recommendation for my boys. I've probably done 20 in the time I've coached. Like you're not just there to teach them how to, how to pedal real good, you know, <laughs>
1: You know, and along those lines too is, is make it fun and interesting. Yeah. You know, be creative. Like this
0: should be more than just showing up. If we needed warm bodies to lead rides, you know, go to a temp agency. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, you know, we're, we you know, we, we, we're interested in you guys as people because we think you're good people and we think you can make a good impact here.
1: Yeah. So make it fun, be creative, make it interesting, um, and another thing, I think one of the most important things you can do is just is motivate, you know, mm-hmm. get them excited about the sport and excited about being a healthy athlete and excited about what they're doing. And I, I just think that there's so much more that we can do with this time we have with these with these kids than just lead a ride with them and get them back safe. I mean, that's obviously that's not priority. That's number, priority one. number one,
0: you have to get them back safe. If you can yeah. make them better people.
1: I don't want them like motivated and injured out in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. Mo-
0: yeah. Motivated <clears throat> and dead doesn't help us,
1: but, but there's just so much more we can do. And <clears throat> so, yeah, just be creative and make it awesome. And, and, you know, all of our coaches are amazing and every one of them has something that, you know, they know what they're doing And these kids can learn from you. So, um, yeah, I just wanted to throw that out there. Yeah. So that's, that's basically all I had just as a reminder. Um, if you listen to this podcast, let me know, just shoot me a text or a message or whatever. Let me know and I'll mark you off. Um, you know, we'll, um, we'll have the, the first aid class details for that'll be coming soon. And then, um, if you're over 18, let me know when you do your safe sport. And do it now. Don't yeah,
0: wait.
1: It really doesn't we take We really long. don't
0: want you. Like We want you guys to start doing stuff soon, but we can't have you doing stuff unless you've been background checked. So yeah. get that done.
1: Yeah. And if you need a background check, if you're not involved with NICA currently, get that background check done. It's all done through your membership page at USAC. And I guess finally, I just want to say thank you so much. Thank you. Oh, my gosh. Yes for like our our we've we've just got seriously some of the coolest coaches ever and i'm sometimes just amazed at what these coaches do for these kids like they just go above and beyond and thank you thank you thank you so
0: i guess should we have should we do a secret word just for fun oh yeah what should this oh let's see what should the secret word be cookie skillet So a reference to earlier, Dan was showing me how excited he was that you could cook a cookie in a pan, skillet cookie. Okay, skillet Skillet cookie cookie is your is your is your Dan inspired word of the day. If there's anything you guys need, let us know. If you have any questions, let us know. We're here for you. You guys are doing a really cool thing, and we want to do everything we can to support you. So keep us in the loop. Get your stuff done, and uh, we will talk to you guys soon.